tonight on Whiskey Waffle. We've jumped on the Cavalan train and we are well on board. What is the distillery we're looking at called? You don't know, Ted? You didn't get the memo? This is Taiwanese Glen Murray. Could be a could be a good night. I bloody well hope so. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Buddy, mate, it is so good to see you. You haven't sat in that comfortable chair for a while, have you? Oh, it's been so long. Um, Mate, we haven't seen each other for properly for like a month. There has not been enough official waffling going on. No, no, no. So life has been quite busy for us as usual. I have just finished on the stage after a successful season of Mamma Mia. Um, the musical, not, not Did the Did you movie. play Mamma or Mia? Uh, I played the exclamation mark on the end. Ah, nice one, nice one. That's yeah, the best yeah. role. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I've been in the theatre for about a month. Um, it's been all pretty hardcore, but it was a really good season. So many people got to see me stripped down to my undies on a <laughs> nightly basis, so that was good. Um, yeah, but that's kept me very busy and very much away from any real whiskey-related things. And you yourself are in the theatre at the moment as well. Indeed, indeed. Sort of, uh, yeah, directing and conducting bands and whatnot. Life, life never stops. It's pretty interesting. But um, you know what I you know what I reckon our listeners at home are most interested in right now? What's that? Our names. My name is Nick. My name is Ted. And this is the Whiskey Waffle Podcast. It is indeed, and it's so good to be back. Yeah, waffling again. Hanging out, drinking some drams. And having a good time. Yeah, we've got a few lined up for today. Today we're pretty excited to be trying a whiskey we haven't delved too far into before. Yeah, we've heard a bit about. It's It's mm. been a bit outside our wheelhouse. We have tried stuff from them before, but we've never really explored it in any great depth. So, so it's about time that we did whiskey from the island of Taiwan. Indeed. But before we get there, there's a new waffler to induct. There is. Now, we actually met this waffler recently. Indeed. Um, I think this is actually going to be a record for official wafflers. The first time that an official waffler is inducted and appears in an episode of Waffling With at the same in the same episode. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, without further ado, we induct you as an official waffler to pontificate purposefully and verbalize verbosely. Tim, Tim Freeman. Freeman. Tim Freeman, yes. Tim Freeman of uh, Colmark fame yeah. and Western Tears Distillery fame. And Still Smith's fame. Yes. And, and so, uh, Friday Night Karaoke fame, so yeah. I'm told. Yeah. No, really lovely bloke. He was very, very warm and very generous and uh, took us in, showed us uh, his um, sort of test pilot distillery from his uh, the stills that he builds and also took us to the place where he actually builds stills. Mm-hmm. So we'll be hearing from him later in the episode. But before we do, let's take a little trip to Taiwan. We induct you. To pontificate purposefully. As an official waffler. Oh, yes, that's right. (laughs) There we go. Go again. The Waffle. So, Taiwan, a lot of people would have probably heard of it a bit lately because it's been in the news a lot. It's a very geopolitically fraught and fractious area at the moment. Indeed, indeed. Um, If only everyone could sit down with a nice glass of whiskey, they might be able to sort these things out. But I think before we crack on, we should talk about what the distillery is we're looking at. Yeah. So, what is the distillery we're looking at called? You don't know, Ted? You didn't get the memo? Well, I've been wondering, I've been sitting here just thinking like, Taiwan whiskey. Like, what am I drinking? <laughs> There's this unopened email in his inbox yeah. just uh, sitting there. So we're looking at Cavalan Distillery. Mm. Um, Cavalan in the north of Taiwan from the uh, Yilan province. Um, Cavalan's actually named after the the local people that were from there, the Cavalan people. Yeah, cool. Um, and yeah, that's what they named the distillery after. And um, we're pretty excited because we have a bit of a tasting set in front of us. Yes, we do indeed. Nicholas was uh, good enough to pick up a Cavalan single malt whiskey tasting set and it's got uh sort of five i, I suppose I, I want to call them cigar tube yeah. cigar canister style um 50 mil samples in there and the whiskies that we will be tasting tonight are the oloroso sherry oak the fino sherry oak the wine oak the peated and the brandy oak mm, but not necessarily in that order because i think i've got the fino in my hand at the moment now all these ones are 54%, apart from the peated, which is at 50%. So they've got a bit of kick to them. Yeah, for sure. 
could be a could be a good night. I bloody well hope so. <laughs> nice um, one. So so before we get into the whiskey too much, tell me a bit about Taiwan and what the area like is like that the distillery is actually situated in. Yeah, absolutely. So Taiwan is a very different whiskey making region to Scotland. Completely different. It's polar opposite. Um, so Scotland, we think pretty stable, pretty low temperatures up there. Taiwan is the opposite. It is hot, and very importantly, it is humid. Mm. But it's also an island, therefore sea breezes. It also has mountains, therefore they influence the climate as well. I'm giving away a little bit of what we might talk about later when we come to taste these whiskies, but the climate is a massive influencing mm. factor on the flavor. So much so that I heard that they have angel share of up to 12% a year. 12%? Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's incredible, though. That's that's so much. So let's uh, let's try whiskey number one. I'll uh, intersperse some whiskey tasting with some whiskey distillery facts. But um, uh, first of all, tell me what Fino actually is. Yes, yeah, so Fino, Fino is kind of the lightest style of sherry. It's sort of akin to a, a dry white wine. Now, Fino has floor. Mm, yeah. Oloroso has a ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So floor is not the thing that you're probably standing on at the moment, unless you're skydiving while you're listening to this. <laughs> floor is a type of um, sort of mold, uh, a growth in the barrel, which um, basically what it does, it grows across the surface of the sherry in the barrel and it protects it from the oxygen. And so it doesn't, oxidation doesn't set in and it keeps the the style very light and it's quite unusual to have a whiskey that is actually matured in a fino barrel like oloroso pedro Mm. jimenez is far more common yeah we've we actually have tried a fino um matured whiskey before we've got a uh we've got a bottle of the um kilhoman yeah Uh, it's very different to this one yeah very very different to this one so cavalan actually have one of the most comprehensive sherry barrel portfolios of any distillery in the world Mm. um master blender uh distillery manager ian chang he heads out to spain every year um for a big long trip where he samples barrels um gets them made up specially for him and yeah they have all the different types of sherry we're only gonna be tasting fino and Oloroso in this tasting pack, but they also do Moscatel, they also do Amontillado, Manzanilla, um, they do all sorts. Mm. I will say that this is super delicious on the nose. It's mm. got this really rich, crisp fruitiness to it. Yeah, no, it's super rich. Mm. It's hinting that it'll be sweet, but I've just had a sip and <laughs> it wasn't as sweet as I expected. It was actually a, a pleasingly dry sort of. Uh, do you reckon that's partly finish? the alcohol? Mm. It's 54%. 54%. Yeah, potentially. It does have a, a nice bit of juiciness to the back of it. it it's possibly because it's that, um, it's Fino is that dry white style as well. Like, it's not going to be super sweet. It's actually going to be quite delicate. I think, I think we're getting quite a lot of wood influence out of this. Hey, hey, hey! Um, but not necessarily like lots of really rich fruity flavors. Yeah, for sure. No, and it's an interesting one. Well, I'm gonna gonna pick up the next one along, which is the Oloroso, just for a direct comparison. So yeah, compared to Fino, Oloroso um, is a stronger style of sherry. Um, that's why the floor gets killed off, oxidation gets created in in the barrel. But compared to a sticky Pedrick Jimenez style, mm. um, which has got like really sweet sugary fruits oloroso is another sort of quite dry style of sherry yeah for sure this is darker and richer and a bit more sticky on the nose yeah and this has got some of that fruit that um that was perhaps lacking in the previous one there's a bit of sort of leather Mm. to it and um vegemite (laughs) well as we know this one let me tell you a little bit about the history of cavalan distillery because Mm. um it is a recent history taiwan only gained its first whiskey specific distillery in 2005 yeah and that was Cavalan. that's quite recent really and it's because they weren't really allowed to have one up until 2002 when taiwan joined the um the um, world trade organization um because up until then there was a there was a monopoly by the state the government were the only ones that were allowed to make booze basically that's interesting they had a few distilleries doing like bajo sort of products um no whiskey of course but yeah they're all owned by the state um, and would, they're still would, kicking along these days, Those some of those state-owned distilleries. Which is interesting because Taiwan has um, partly historically been a very sort of liberal, democratic... Alternative so, to oh, our, oh, <laughs> the neighbours across yeah, the street. Yeah, alternative to the neighbours across the street. And so you'd think that they would maybe 
because that sort of state-owned control of um, those sort of that sort of production feels, um, yeah, seize control of the means of production. That is a very communist <laughs> yeah, uh, so thing. So it's interesting that that's sort of yeah. a feature. In two thousand and two, um, private businesses were able to start up, and um, there's a company that a private company that already existed that the owner, whose name was Tian Sei Lee, T.T. Lee. Um, so he owned this business called King Car for a mm. long time. They own um, Mr. Brown Coffee. It's one of their most famous... Uh, okay. Yeah, most famous um, franchises, I suppose. Yeah. I, I feel like that's actually a very Asian thing to have, like, some other company, like, with, with distilleries, so some other bigger corporate entity that sits sort of over the top of... Um, your whiskey yeah, distilling well, we, business. Yeah, we started out making mosquito repellents. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, you know, some some non-whiskey drinkers might say that he hasn't progressed too far, but yeah, I I, I just feel like I've seen that variation. Other thing like um, Japanese whiskey, um, Indian whiskey particularly, mm. um, they seem to have yeah some bigger corporation that then diversifies into whiskey rather than say like your Scottish one where you've got these sort of uh, whiskey runners like making bootleg stuff off the side and just over the years have gained le- legitimacy. So Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, 2005, they got started. Um, they bought some German-made um, column stills um, and started yeah. using them for about three years and then eventually decided they didn't like the product that was coming off them mm. and uh, ditched them. Well, they didn't ditch them. They've eventually made gin with them, um, as, you know, distilleries do. But they went and bought some new pot stills from Scotland, yep. um, from Forsyth. So... Um, very famous pretty, still pretty maker over there. there. Indeed. So they were basing themselves on the on the Scottish model, a bit like the Japanese did, um, you know, nearly a century beforehand. Um, they actually sent um, Ian Chang, their current uh, master blender. He's only just started with the business back then. Um, but they sent him over to Scotland, and he worked with Jim Swan, a whiskey scientist, essentially, Jim Swan, over there for a number of years and really... Um, yeah, really learnt the trade over there before is, is coming that... back to, to Taiwan. Yeah, so um, they they learnt a lot of stuff from Scotland, but also travelled around the world as well, went to Japan, went to America. Mm. Um, yeah, did a lot of research and actually were only ready to release their first whiskey to the world much later. Well, I say much later, 2010. Mm. Um, actually, someone managed to get a bottle into a blind tasting on Burns Night in Scotland, in Perth. That is Perth, Scotland, not uh, Perth, Perth, Tasmania. Or Perth, Western Australia, yes. Yeah, basically, the Times sponsored this whiskey tasting, got a panel of experts. Mm. They've got a, some really big hitters from Scotland. They had an English whiskey in there, and they had a Taiwanese whiskey in there, Cavalan. Um, not completely blind tasting. Um, and the English whiskey, surprise, surprise, didn't go so well. Funnily enough. And the Taiwanese whiskey won. That's amazing, isn't it? And rumor is this whiskey wasn't even two years old. When it was entered in wow. the competition, so, and this this is partly, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this more climate. Yeah, absolutely. Climate, climate, climate. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the climate's done to this Oloroso that we're just tasting now, Ted? They're all, well, all the ones we've had so far, they're really big, punchy, sort of very mouthfeely whiskies. Mm. Um, they feel young, but they also feel like there's complexity to them. Yeah, um, I think they they feel youthful, but they also mm. don't th- they don't feel unfinished. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not drinking it thinking, oh, that could do with a f- little bit longer to it. It's, yeah. This is very much New World whiskey we're drinking mm. here. It's a very different style and feel. Mm. And-, and Although it's based on the Scottish model, it doesn't taste like scotch. Mm. I've got number three in my glass yeah, now, was- so what have we done with this one? What are barrel type? This is the brandy oak. Brandy. Mm. The lightest in colour, interestingly. And um, yeah, we tried it with the occasional brandy matured thing, but it is another quite a rare barrel type. I would say that this one is much lighter, more spirit driven. It's got less, I feel like it's got less barrel influence maybe, and it's got more sort of of the actual spirit mouthfeel, which I I think probably, yeah, is that brandy influence. Yeah, it's less likely to sort of give it a coating of gooey um, Mm. um, fruits or sherry. Um, and let the spirit shine through. And again, fifty-four percent, so it's got a bit of punch. But um, yeah, it's got it's got a sort of, I suppose, a slight dryness, a slight sort of stone and metal character to it. Um, it's probably probably my least favorite of the ones that we've had so far. But yeah, definitely my least favorite mm, as well. You know what it probably reminds me of a bit is a um Speyside. Yeah, it probably is in that regard a little mm. bit more similar to. 
um, the Scottish influence. Mm. Um, yeah, interestingly, um, we talk about the climate really working these barrels. Like these whiskies are going to be released at that sort of two, three year mark quite a lot because they have to be because you've already le- lost thirty six percent of the whiskey, um, but also because they're much closer to being ready. I wonder if these ones are only released at this percentage only in this pack. I guess it's a good time to talk about the sort of range that they offer because they've done a, like a more sort of distillery reserve type sort of entry level release, but they've also done interesting things. They seem to be very musical titles like concert master and conductor. I always, always used to think it was called soloist, mm. but um, upon closer inspection, no, it is simply soloist. I thought they were soloist because they were single mm. barrels. It made so much sense. Solo, yeah. but um, maybe it's just a, Americanized version of the word soloist. Yeah, like aluminum. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Now, I believe there is a soloist that gained particular global fame at one point. There certainly is. So the most famous soloist that came out was in 2015. Uh, The Vino Barrique, they called it. So it's a wine cask, wine barrique. Um, How big's a barrique? Barrique, 220. 220, yeah. And that that one the best whiskey in the world at the 2015 World's Whiskey Awards. Um, it was their Yamazaki moment. It was their yeah. Solomon's Cove moment. It was the one that put them on the map. And that that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Like the Sullivan's Cove and your Yamazakis and stuff, that really put the wind up the traditional establishment in Scotland. Like, who are these people and how are they winning these Yeah. Like exactly. best whiskey in the worlds. Have you had what a sip of doing? this one yet, Ted? I haven't had a sip. I've had a smell. This is the, a wine cask. Yeah, it's it's much much darker than mm. the other ones. This this it's might got, actually give you a hint of what the vino barrique might have been. Mm. And it's got a really sort of, I suppose, it, uh, honeycomb nose. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking of melting sugar on the stove, like toffeeing mm. sugar. It's got a really yeah sugary barrel sweetness. You know how the barrel can lead to sweetness, mm. but um. Mm, no, have a slurp, Ted. Well, that is very whiny. Mm. Yeah, no, this is thick. This is the thickest one so far. Yeah, it does have a very rich palate to it as well. Yeah. Um, definitely coats across a lot of a lot of heavy. It, it is a heavy whiskey. Mm, it is a heavy whiskey, and um, yeah, can you imagine? Like, this is just one that's gone into a tasting pack. But if they had their their very best example of this cask mm. that they released as the Vino Barrique, like. There's obviously going to be something special. Like, I wonder, I wonder what sort of wine mm. is in there. Yeah, like, no, it doesn't specify for this particular one. And is and it? I is should it have done a, more research for the Vino Barrique. An Asian wine? Is it a? Unlikely. Something, they get everything else from Europe, so yeah, something from somewhere else. That's... You notice a distinct lack of bourbon mm. in this lineup. They do have a bourbon release. I mean, do but yeah. I didn't get it. So, yeah. do we know whether these with these whiskies that they are finishing in these casks or are they complete, full maturation? Full maturation, yeah. yeah. It, it shows, like, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the sort of um, direction they've taken. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities between this and Australian whiskey. Mm. That heavy influence on the fortifieds or wine cask, as we've just tried, and flavour over finesse. I guess I would say that this is actually better than some Australian wine casked whiskies I've tried. Oh yeah, but I've tasted some rubbish Australian wine cask whiskies. Yeah. So, you know, this is you know, this is a real standout for me. I think this is really yeah. tasty. I think there is real merit to this whole tropical sort of mm. climate driven model. These are young whiskies, but they have I think that young that young character retains a juicy vibrancy. Uh, vibrancy, yeah, that you don't necessarily get in, say, some Scottish whiskies, which have more sort of refined characters. They've they've smoothed off all that, like they've got rid of all that juiciness. They've mm. smoothed off. They've they've really sort of made it polished. Whereas this is young and punchy, and it fills the mouth mm. and makes you want to go back for another sip. Yeah, like you and your undies during Mamma Mia, Ted. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I'm on to the last one now, Ted, the peated one. Let's see if um, this one brings back some memories of our home country, this new world, Pete. Mm, okay, so this is interesting. This makes me think of um, some of like our Tasmanian peated stuff. Absolutely. It, it, does, I... it doesn't make me think of Scotland at all. It makes no. me think of those more subtle character peat rather than like bold, brassy smoke peat. Yeah, no, it's not an Ardbeg that they put in the glass there. And, uh, you know, they have no right to be Ardbeg, really. And um, I've often been quoted as saying that I'm not entirely sold on Tasmanian peated whiskies. Some of them are really good, but a lot of them, I think there's more misses than hits. But this 
this does remind me of some of the stronger Australian peated whiskies. Yeah, on the palate, it's not overly smoky either. No, but you notice it's peated. It, it, it's probably more of a meatiness on the yeah, palate. Yeah, a savouriness. Mm. I'll just finish up talking about Cavalier by talking about their visitor centre. Um, their visitor centre, where the distillery is, is actually, uh, they claim it to be the most visited distillery visitor centre in the world, with over a million visitors every year. Holy shit! Mm. Um, they talk about Glenfiddich with, you know, sort I mean, of a I few mean, hundred thousand. Glenfiddich, yeah, I suppose, yeah, I'd probably... I'd probably think that Glenfiddich would get quite a few, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and they, they also say that 80% are domestic visitors. Um, that Taiwanese really like their whiskey. <laughs> really, yeah. really like their whiskey, because it's a big country, population-wise. Yeah. Um, and they well, don't have many distilleries to visit, so they how, visit Cavalan. How big is it? 23.5 million? 23 million people in an area about half the size of Scotland. Yeah, I was just looking up the stats there. It makes it the 17th most densely populated country in the world. Mm, not bad. Mm. So there's obviously a few people to come past there. Yeah. Um, what was your favourite, Teddy Boy? Mm. This is a very good question. Um, I like the wine cask. Mm. Actually, that's it's a really nice example of a wine cask. Yeah, I think if I if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably put the the wine and the Oloroso as my top two. Yeah, I I would be the same. I think very closely followed by the. Heat, I think, and then the Fino. Yeah, probably. Um, but no, I'd, I'd happily drink any of them. And they're, again, like I've said a few times, not necessarily a finished product, but they mm. release for a for a tasting pack. So mm. all it tells me, Ted, is we're going to have to explore it a bit more. I, it, I think that Cavalan is... Tickles our fancy. Great. Mm. I think they, they do an exceptional job. Well, now that we've tasted a whole bunch of whiskies. Shall we drink some whiskey and uh, review it? Yes, let's do it. Um, and unsurprisingly, this whiskey is from Cavalan. Woo! The, the water that's in the air outside is going to be drawn in and penetrate the wood. And yeah, and, and the, the alcohol, conversely, the alcohol that's in the barrel is going to then evaporate off preferentially. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're going to get that lowering of. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- I'm sure you said something really clever and scientific, but I just, you know, stop listening after penetrate the wood. <laughs> the whiskey review time and review uh, time. Yeah, we're keeping on theme with a Cavalan review, um, but this one's actually a newer release from Cavalan. I-, I haven't really seen it much before the last mm. month or so when I decided to buy it to investigate it. It was kind of what kicked off this Cavalan themed month. Mm. I was going to get like one bottle of Cavalan and then I found that tasting pack that we just tried and I was like, that's probably ideal for our purposes. But no, the one we're reviewing is called the Triple Sherry Cask. Triple Sherry Cask. So there are three types of sherry. You want to try and guess what the three types are? Okay, let's... I'm, I'm going to sort of start low. Yep. I'm, I'm really going to just jump over that sort of um, under sixes hurdle. There, like the one right. that you You're can gonna just step say the, over. The English cream. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> We're going to go with Oloroso. Yep, Oloroso is one. Then I'm going to also jump over another low bar. Yep. Um, Pedro Jimenez. He's got two out of two so far. Okay. And then now, it gets hard. <laughs> yeah, now it gets hard. Right. Ba-ba. I'm going to say Amontillado. Good guess, because they do. They have won a lot of awards without Amontillado, but it's not. Okay, I'm going to then say Fino. No, it's not. Okay, either. so is it Methania? No, it's not. All right, and now we're getting. It's not Paolo Cantado either. It's not Paolo Cantado. Oh damn it! That was going to be my guess. Yeah, I was going to be. I was going to be running out of sherry. Types. I was going to be trying to be clever and try to. Um, Apera. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Um, uh, it, 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 it's not. Um, cream is it no it's not so uh, interesting it's one that we never really think about but it's it's a legit one it's just not very common so pedro jimenez is a sweet sticky sherry there is one other type of sweet sticky sherry that is made with a different grape so most sherries are made oh, out of Palom- uh, no. so so palomino is it's the grape that great, most great. of it's made of but a yeah. tiny amount is made of another grape yeah oh. which is a grape you'll have heard of because it's a spanish name for a famous french sweet um dessert grape yeah ah oh. Muscatel. Muscatel. Yes. So they've got some Muscatel casks. So okay, so is that counted as a sherry then? Mm, it is, yeah. Oh, okay. In the same way that Pedro Jimenez yeah. is, but yeah, we just, you just don't I, I suppose it I, I, I suppose I think of Muscatel as more of like, yeah, dessert wine sort of. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so there's there's the French version, Muscatel or Musket. Mm. Um, mm. Then there's also the Italian's 
the original version of Moscato. It's the same sort of thing. Blech. I know, but we drink crappy Australian Moscato. Well, we don't drink crappy Australian <laughs> Moscato. <laughs> yeah. please, but, um, please, please clarify that <laughs> to the people. Yes, that's what we normally have access to. But no, yeah, so Moscatel is the other one. Yeah. Damn it, I'm still annoyed that I couldn't say Palacotato and be clever. <laughs> so they've uh, they've whacked together Oloroso PX and Muscatel barrels. Mm. They've released it at 40%. So this is clearly an entry-level um, Yeah, we've, we've had to um, wash our mouths out quite a bit. With soap. No, not yeah. with soap, but... Uh, yeah, we've had to wash our mouths out quite a bit because the tasting pack was all at like 50s and now we've come right down to 40%. So this is yep. a... Uh, Kind of drinking around the wrong way. Ordeal, yeah, yeah. We should have recorded the review before the, um, mm. the thing, but um, now we won't retread ground talking about the distillery. Mm. Um, so, Cavalan, where are they from, Ted? Well, they are from the island of Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you've been spared all of this, uh, or I've been spared the editing, maybe. Okay, so tell me tell me a bit more about uh, what I'm looking at. What do you think about the Cavalan logo, the text logo? Because um, for those that can't picture it at home, it's... The letters K A underneath V A and underneath L A N in like three different it, columns. It's kind of Cavalan. Yeah, it's phonetic, isn't it? Mm. Um, I don't mind it. It I, always used to bug me, but I'm I'm coming around to it now. I think it kind of spells it out as it is. I it's not a word that I think is actually an easier word than a lot of uh, Scottish ones. Like yeah, yeah. It, it's no Bunahaven. No, exactly. Well, I I try and read it downwards though. Um, K V L and then A A N. Yeah, but they they've lined up all the A's, which is convenient. Mm. Yeah, I know it is distinct. It'll stand out. It's a triple A whiskey. Yeah, it's um meant to be like it's. I got this for under hundred bucks actually, but that was on special. You generally pay a bit more than that. Yeah, okay, that's that's not too bad though. And it's a seven hundred ml bottle as well. Um, yeah, normally it's it's more close to one hundred and fifty. It was a really good deal. So on the nose, yeah. So the nose compared to the samples that we just had, I think it's a bit more sort of subtle, <laughs> subtle, but. Uh, I think that's because it's it well a alcohol percentage forty mm-hmm. percent compared to fifty four. But I also think because it's across several different styles of sherry, as opposed to the ones that we've been trying, which have been single barrel types. Yeah, and so you're getting much clearer definition on what each of those is. Whereas this is yeah more subtle across. Yeah, the nose is gentler, light berries like a sort of red red currant or sulphur. Mm-hmm. Definitely a little bit of sulfuriness there. I actually don't mind the nose. I think it's I think it's quite nice. It's it's soft, delicate. I think it has less of that really high, vibrant, in your face richness that the fifty fours do. Yeah, this is much more subtle than that. But it it's also really yeah nice. It and makes me think of like a non bourbon Glen Murray. Okay, this is Taiwanese Glen Murray. You heard it here first, folks. Um, yeah, no, it's pleasant. It's pleasant. And um, not in a boring way. Like, you can say pleasant and it can be quite demeaning. But no, it's um, perfectly pleasing. But have a sip, though. Again, light, lighter on the palate than the ones that we've been trying. Yeah. M- much less sort of bold and free. I mean, we're probably slightly underselling this because we've just been trying these really sort of in-your-face ones. I think that this has a really lovely mouthfeel. I think the finish is impressive enough for a forty percent. Mm. Like it doesn't just die on you. No, it's I it's still going. Yeah, not in a sort of um warm your body alcohol sort of way. It's just the flavour continues through and I suppose the flavour for me is a bit of even a bit of rose sort of uh Yes, I was just about to say that. Yeah. I was I was just about to say <laughs> flower petals, yeah, like yeah. rose petals. Yeah, yeah. No, that's where my mind was going. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. That, yep. that's exactly where I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Drinks all right. I mean, I'm going back for a second sip soon. It's it's like yeah, like a shower of rose petals sort of just floating through the breeze. Yeah, it's a romantic bath, Ted. Ooh. We have them all the time. Are you don't suggesting we? that <laughs> when we go on our romantic whiskey getaways? Yeah. <laughs> Shh, our wives don't know. <laughs> We've had to had to share a. a a king bed on a few occasions um, yeah. because it's only been one bed in the whole room, but um, we haven't quite got to sharing a bath yet. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, our wives don't listen to this either, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're sick of us crapping on as it is. Yeah. Um, so, shh, they don't know. <laughs> Nobody tell them. Yeah. I like this. I, th- I think it's good stuff, actually. Mm. I'm getting sort of summary vibes. Um, mm. Shame the bottle's so low. We've uh, posted this out already to our Patreons, so mm. I wonder if any of them have been able to resist opening up before our episode comes out. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a refined whiskey. Mm. It's 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 sitting with refined company, having having quite sort of deep cerebral conversation kind of whiskey. Mm. I've got a I've got a two part question for you, Ted. Okay. Um, the stakes get raised. So the first part of the question is closer to Scotland or Australia. See, I think compared to the other ones, this one is closer to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Closer to Scotland, to Australia, or Japan. I knew you were going to ask that, mm. and it already popped up in my mind. I don't know that this is necessarily close to Japan. Mm-hmm. I think Japan's got a different characteristic to it. There's no sour plums in this one, Ted? No, I don't think there is. I think this this one has, yeah, more Scotland. Mm. I like it. Yeah. I, I do like it a lot. I think we've come to the time that we need to talk about scores. I don't think I'm going to go out and say that this is a this is a four star whiskey. No, no, it is. It's just a solid three, isn't it? But it is very, very competently three. But we we actually rarely give three stars to forty percent whiskies as well. So mm. I like this as a forty percent because it has character to it. It's mm. not lacking there. It, it, you don't taste anything. Oh, that's that's just a bit boring. With with those three sherry casks, you're getting flavour to it. You're not just sort of like getting a like a bourbon forty percent where you're thinking like oh shit there's just the spirit isn't high enough to give it enough drive and character to it. You're actually getting quite a lot in there. No, I think it's a competently assembled whiskey. So credit to Ian Chang, master blender. He um has pulled together some of the comprehensive sherry barrels in their portfolio and mm. um created this one. And um yeah, look out for it because it is out there. Um, Australian audience. Um, I don't know if it's made it to the rest of the world or if it's just an Australian sort of release. They do tend to do that, um, release different things to different countries. This one, yeah, it is worth tracking down, especially at the price I found it. Mm. Maybe if you add another $50 on, um, you might think twice about it. But Yeah, I would happily own a bottle of that and I'd happily have it as a sort of easy drinker with friends. Mm. Well, that's what we're doing tonight, Teddy Boy. Yeah, man. Slondra, or should I say, can pay? Yeah, can pay. I know my least favourite was the brandy. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. But then it gets harder. Also, the whiskey is <laughs> difficult to grade. <laughs> whiskey, would you rather? Teddy boy, we've got a we've got a whiskey. Would you rather? Is a whiskey? Would you rather? Um, I think it's a whiskey, would you rather? Is it a smash session saver? No, it's not a smash session saver. No, because... Saver. Because even if it was, we wouldn't be able to pronounce it. Um, it's a whiskey, would you rather, from our loyal listener, Cleon. Slash imaginary friend. Yeah, mainly imaginary friend. Um, so what does Cleon say, Ted? So, Cleon says, would you rather? It's definitely a whiskey, (laughs) would you rather? Yeah, if he starts with would you rather, I think we can safely assume that's what it is. So he's he's asking the big questions in life here as young Cleon. Well, as he does. He know he knows how to spin a question to us. Mm. Would you rather be able to try the world's best peated whiskey oh. or the world's best sherried whiskey? Ooh, okay. Now he he adds a little addendum on the bottom, a PS. Yep. And by the greatest, this would be via magic. <laughs> and it would be the greatest in the world for your palate. Ooh. And not like Jim Murray or whatever. So it's, it's, it's not it's not the greatest as defined by his gymship no. <laughs> Murrayness. His Murrayness overlord, Panama hat wearing. Yeah. Um, Old golden decree. eyes. Yes, yes. Um, all right then. So basically, the best sherry whiskey for me, or the best peated whiskey for me, mm. and the best and, and again for you, Ted. So if if this happened to us, it wouldn't be the same bottle. No, this is true. My peated bottle might be different to your peated bottle. My sherry bottle. Would probably be different to yours. I don't. I, I suspect they don't even have like a distillery name on there or a, a branding <laughs> or anything. It's because because it, it's it's turning up via magic and yeah. it's just the best for us. So it's just this magic juice on the front. But one is going to be either peated or sherried, hmm. but not both. And the fact is, we can't even cheat by saying you get the peated one, I'll get the sherried one, and then compare because it's personalized. Yeah, it won't be the best one in the world <sighs> for either of us. So then. we've got to think this through. And did, is it a bottle? Well, it, or is it just a taste? I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't specify. Let's let's specify for ourselves. Yeah, get that it's a bottle. Let's let's get our money worth out of Cleon here. Yeah, this magic. Yeah. Now, uh, fellow wafflers, I kind of I go through phases, and this is not an entirely true statement because at 
any one tasting night, I will have many, I say many, I'll have, you know, I could potentially have a couple of sherry whiskies and a couple of peter whiskies. Um, so saying that I go through phases where I prefer sherry, I prefer peat, that doesn't really happen. But I do go through like phases as to what might come out on top. So I've got to really consider what is that current phase. Look, let, let me throw something to you that may sort of put a whole big curveball in the entire right. thing. I'm going to sit my glass down so I can catch this. All right. Octomore 7.2. <laughs> it's not sherry. That's wine. Oh, is that wine? Which yes. what is, What's the sherry? Is there there is no sherry. Oh, there is no sherry. Okay. Yeah. I retract my statement. I'll throw it back to him. Yeah. I'll, no, I've got one for you, Ted. Are you ready? Ardbeg Ugadol. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, no, that that's a good point. Now, no, Cleon so the was point probably is, is wine, mm, right? Yeah. Cleon was probably anticipating um, sherried peat, but I mean, I I, I love Ugadol. I, I quite like the the bit more darkest in terms of the fifteen year old. But I mean, oh, even the the sixteen year old at Lagavulin does have a sherry influence. But we've um, we've also discovered the joys of just bourbon cast peat is yeah, is um, pretty strong too. Just, so so as, I suppose we must discuss this a bit further. Does this does this uh, challenge preclude having a sherried peat? You see, I don't think it does because I think that even in like an Ugadal, like a mm. 16, by more darkest, sherry is not the number one tasting note there. Peat is. Yes. So I think you could still pick Ugadal versus... Uh, Glendronic 21. But we're not actually picking... No, no. Well, exactly. Brands. But um, we do, we... I said that for me. Like, yeah. Ugadal versus Glendron 21. What would I pick there? Or the best... What, I mean, what do you think is the best Peter Whiskey that you've tried, Ted? <sighs> See, that's What's really the best? Hard. No, no, the best. <sighs> Can have any other element of sherry or anything else, but it has to be Peter. What do you think is the best? <sighs> well, see, I want to say like of all in 16. But... No, it's a favourite. Yeah, it's a favourite, but is it the best? <laughs> that is the question. Yeah. See, like, uh, I mean, that I that Lafroig um, mm. distillery edition thing that you oh. brought back was freaking... But you know what it was? Fully matured in sherry. Yeah, see? Uh, <laughs> that, that, that was a truly incredible yeah. drop. And so, yeah, it's like... <sighs> I don't know. I, ha- I seem to recall having some pretty one- good ones at uh, Brooklady when yeah. I was there, but then my memory sort of fades out fairly fast. Oh, I'd beg alligator for me, and that's just bourbon cask. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I've, never, I've never had alligator. I've never had a Portella either, so... Mm. But what about, Ted, if I said, what is your favourite... No, what do you think is the best sherried whiskey that you've had? Because we've had lots, but mm. what's the best... Well, I mean, you're, you're talking you're talking good things with your Glendronies. Yeah, um, yeah. The Farkless is a pretty... Well, I mean, the 15 solid. Although the 40, the 40 is pretty special. Mm. But Sherried Whiskey, gosh, there's so many good ones, but what would you say is the best? Listeners, what do you think is the best Sherried Whiskey you've ever had? I don't know. It's... And would you pick it over the best... Peter whiskey you've ever had? That is the question we're facing. I can't, I can't, I'm finding I can't really come down on a particular... One because they, it, it swings it swings in roundabouts. You mm. like you you like one thing at one time and then you go oh no but this one is really good. So here's oh but what... then this one is really good. Mm. You know mm. what? I've just what? had a thought. Yeah. Sherry mm. does not make me go. <sighs> <laughs> if only like, this was a video podcast. Like Pete does. Yeah. Because when I have a really good Pete, I just go. Can you describe what I was doing? Um, it was basically an orgasm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how. So I, look, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my money down. I'm I'm gonna go a Peter one, which and saying that I, I don't think it's gonna be like a massive sort of. It's it's going to be something more along the lines of an Octomore, I reckon, which mm. is like in theory the most Peter whiskey in the world. Well, definitely the most Peter whiskey in the world, but statistically, yeah, is. So much more layered and complex than some of the yeah. um, some of the other ones you get, which is just like Pete, and then something else. Mm. Well, I have a counter for that argument, and it starts by agreeing with you, because I think I'm going for the Pete answer in this question too. My only counter is this: Kali Vrakin. 
it's it's just it's just peat, Ted. It's just peat, yeah. and it's peat, and it's more peat, and it is delicious. There's nothing wrong with that. And we also both both <laughs> discovered on on this night of recording <laughs> that we both independently bought a bottle without the other knowing. So <laughs> we both had a surprise bottle to show the other, and we whipped it out. And then after that, we got the whiskey out, and both bottles were Korivrekin. Yeah. Because, yeah, we've really discovered that this year. It's, it's a bit of a whiskey waffle favourite now. Mm. Um, yes, there you go. Cleon, in answer to your question, Pete is just more special. Yep. Pete, it's, it's got to be Pete. If it's the best in the world, Pete. If it's an everyday drinker, Sherry. Sherry, yep. Mm. All right, good one, Cleon. Oh, I sorry. hope that satisfies your cravings. Mm, or at the very least, gives you something to argue back with. Makes, it makes me think of like a malt milkshake. Waffle, waffle, waffling with. Welcome back to another episode of Waffling With, and we're here with Tim Freeman in the Western Tears Distillery. First of all, Tim, thanks for having us. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming along. No worries. And one of the interesting things that one of the first things you told us that this is absolutely a distillery, but it's also a bit of a shop front for another business. Tell us about the other business. Yes, so our main business is selling distilleries. So Still Smith's Tasmania is, yeah is what we showcase here at Western Tears Distillery. Um, and so whereabouts are we located at the moment? Tell us about our environment around here. Yep, so we're in Westbury, which is in the hills of the Western Great Western Tears. Very nice, and um, what um, what led you to build some stills in the first place? What um, got you into that in business? Yeah, well, originally, George Burgess from Southern Wild Distillery came to us and asked us if we could make a copper pot still. So, of course, we... <laughs> Very have a hard decision to say no to anybody, so yeah, that basically started the, the journey of Still Smiths. Yeah, and so what's so you you're obviously somewhat qualified to build such a still. What's your background then prior to making the stills? Yep, so Colmark Engineering has been around for 20 odd years in the uh, food, pharmaceutical, and beverage industry, uh, has been doing stainless steel tanks, pipe work, basically anything food grade. So it was only a bit of a side step to the to the right basically to make start making copper pot stills and um has there been um a lot of interest uh lots of um business coming your way there has been a yeah large amount of interest which is great so half our work at the minute is in the distillery industry another half is back to what we've been doing for the last 20 odd years um and so what sort of products are you making then still wise you mean ted well both (laughs) so here at wilson tears we're making basically white spirits a minute so we've got Three main gin brands, which is Dry's Bluff, Nils Bluff, and Combi Bluff gins, and also a, a very special pot gin, which is a Devil's Gullet Irish Moonshine, which is a very, very tasty little white spirit we've produced. And as for stills, well, yeah, anything from a 400 litre still to a huge column still, if you so desire. No, nice one. And um, let's talk about the whiskey that is um, still in barrels. It's not quite finished yet, but um. I understand it's triple distilled. What was the thinking behind that? Yep, well, good old triple distilled. Westbury's got an Irish heritage, so we stuck with that idea of being yep, Irish triple distilled. And the only added bonus to that is we get to make another still, which we love doing. And um, the thing that I'm most excited about, when might we be tasting some Western Tears whiskey? Hopefully, November next year will be our first release. So as long as the whiskey behaves itself, we'll be about there sometime. Well, thanks, Tim, for having us along today. Um, Everyone really needs to come down and have a look at your beautiful stills. They are absolutely gorgeous. Um, There's three of, uh, four of them, actually, here in Western Tears at the moment. Um, Yeah, it's a pretty specky showroom, actually. And, um, yeah, one of the nicestly, nicestly, that's not a word, one of the most... Um, well-maintained distilleries I've seen. Yeah, and look, we've had a little try of some uh, whiskey, well, not quite whiskey yet. It's uh, malt spirit, aging towards becoming whiskey, and it was delicious. So well worth uh, watching out for. No, thanks for having us, Tim. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen, for coming along and having a look at see what we do and how we do it. Apparently, because the Solist is a cask strength release, yeah, apparently the Taiwanese have a saying. They say, there's no such thing as a strong whiskey, only a weak man. <laughs> so, Ted, the evening is getting late. Indeed. I mean, that happens it when you start really late as well. <laughs> um, I did have one question that I did want to ask you, actually, Ted, though. Hit me. 
Baby, one more time. Well, it is the appropriate night. Do you want to try this? I do want to try that. So, the elephant in the room. If you've, dear listener, if you have been paying attention to us, you've stuck with this podcast to the very end, then you're about to find out that there's another Cavalan that I've yet to mention so far. And it is not a soloist. It's a soloist, ah. as we've discovered. So, yeah, this is a recent Solus release. So, this is their... Holy shit, that's dark. The, the tier... They're, they're sort of their, their god-level tier. This is the one that has all the, the fans around the world, and it comes in a very substantial box. This one's bright green, and it says port cask on the front. What, the whiskey's bright green? The whiskey's bright green. Well, yeah, it could yeah, be a very it's, dark It's the uh, Midori cask. <laughs> so, what if that's ever been done? Midori oh. doesn't get aged in barrels, does it? So, Solus... We, we, we could put some Midori in... We could, what we could we do. We could be the first people. What we could do is we could get enough Midori to fill up a cask, yeah. leave it in there for a bit, and then put some spirit in there and age it. Finish. Maybe we could finish it in a Midori cask. <laughs> yeah, forget that. At the very end, we'd have some barrel-aged Midori. <laughs> so this is the Solist, or Soloist, because that's what I always thought it was, Port Cask. Um, and this port. is a specific, yeah, specific Australian release. Um, okay. So it's released to celebrate the... Is that why it's in a green and gold box? Um, yeah, maybe. Also known as the Year of the Tiger release. Ah. It's got a little tiger engraved on it. It's a beautiful bottle, actually. Um, all the, the, the label is etched in the front. Um, but yeah, it's got a cask number on there, a very long and complicated serial number. It's bottle number 102 of 205 bottles. Mm. So it's definitely a single cask. There's only 205 of these, and it is 59.4%. So... Ted and I have tried a, a, the occasional Cavalan in bars and stuff before, but I, I certainly have never tried a Solist. I've never tried a Solist. Um, it's about time that we um, we popped our Solist cherry, I think, Ted. So while you're pouring, would you like me to stat you up a bit? Yeah. Ooh. And a hand-selected port brick delivers the rich fruits, nuts, and dark chocolate character of this unique cask-strength whiskey. It they, is unique. They even use unique correctly, Ted. Yes. Now, just I wish I wish there could be some visuals in this because just this is one of the darkest whiskies I've ever seen, okay. and that that is genuine color. I, I just want to say this was not a cheap bottle. This no, was it does um, not look like a cheap bottle. This was in the high two hundreds. I would be disappointed if this was a cheap bottle because mm. it it looks posh. I, I don't know why what what possessed me to spend that much money on a bottle. I just thought it's time that I bought one of these just to mm. investigate and I've always liked port casks it's not the Vino Barrique soloist that uh, it's won all those awards but um, yeah it's um, had, a, now, had, had a lot going for it what do you think about the nose well initially it was more subtle than I was expecting it to be but um, now I've gone searching for it and squirted a lot see I think it's more sort of high end fumey than some of those tasting pack ones I, I think this is jammier mm. it's different it's, it's the port in there I think Mm. Oh, jammy on the palate as well. This is a strange tasting note, but like chocolate biscuit, like chocolate chip biscuits. Um, okay. Um. Well, it does say that chocolate is the uh, background tasting note to this. Mm. So you're adding just a bit of, yeah, flour and egg and water. That is dangerously easy to drink. Mm. For, fi- for 59%. Yeah. It's almost like you take a sip and it it lingers with flavor and then it disappears and then... A few seconds later, the warmth comes in. Mm. It's a classy drop. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I've tried anything quite like that. Well, this is this is the next step step up in the rung, though. Yeah, this is it. We don't. I don't spend unless it's maybe a Heartwood. I've very very rarely spent anything anywhere near this price on a whiskey mm. before. But pff, this is what it can this is what it can be like when you spend money. Ah, mm. uh, if only uh, whiskey waffle paid us millions and we could uh. Get all these solists for free. Would you like to pay us millions? Yes. If so, please send a carrier pigeon. Are to you Cavalan's sponsorship manager? Yes. Are you looking for someone to try the entire range of Cavalan solists? <laughs> if so, please uh, carrier pigeon us. Please hit us up. Mm. Well, Nicholas, that has been a quite epic night of drinking Taiwanese whiskey. Yeah, I think I, I think I get the hype now. Oh. I, I'm fully aboard the Cavalan hype train. Yeah. No no hipster perspectives from us. Um, Cavalan are doing good things, and uh, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, plum pudding in the case of this whiskey. It is not Scottish. Mm-mm. It is very much not Scottish. It is very much sort of 
uh, yeah, Eastern Hemisphere. We are the right people to be tasting it, though, because we're already on board with New World flavours. Mm. Um, so it, it falls within our wheelhouse. The cynical Scott, I think, would be very standoffish about this. If you told him what it was, yeah. Yeah. I, I really like those fresh, fat, sort of upfront, fruity, vibrant mm. flavours. I've it's- not had a whiskey that I did not like. Mm. I was just saying to Ted before that we went back to the brandy one and, um, yeah, it, it tasted beautiful the second time around as well. So Yeah, it, it was definitely a grower. Mm. It wasn't a show, it was, nope. it was a grower. Yeah, yeah. Um, every man claims to be a grower. Yeah. <laughs> no one will ever say they're a shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. It's been fun, Ted. It's been fun. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this exploration. We've jumped on the Cavalan train and we are... Well on board. Chew, chew. Hey, Nick, you mm. know what? What's that? If I was a listener mm. and I wanted to get on board the Whiskey Waffle train, I would check out the Whiskey Waffle Patreon page. Mm. So two of our best Patreon levels. There's the uh, Drinking Buddy level where we send out a review whiskey. They've already got the Cavalan Triple Sherry um, number. There's also the tasting panelist, the level above, which has got some wonderful tazzy whiskies recently. But I'm thinking that um, next month, tasting panelists, you're getting some soloist mm. or solist as it's correctly known. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to upgrade their membership before then and want to try this one, now is the time. Anyway, if you want to talk to us, um, hopefully we'll be not too terrible about responding but no promises though no promises but if you do want to uh, hit us up uh, check us out on um, Facebook or Instagram or send us a carrier pigeon we do love receiving those anyway keep on waffling and good night Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Can you describe what I was doing? Um, it was basically an orgasm. I mean... <laughs> <laughs>